Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 162. Tonight, our guest, Dev Hovis of Awesome Junction. Pick up that mic and that bourbon. Have a drink, man. <laughs> oh, thank you, fellas. Spaghetti thank Western you. meets murder ballad. No kidding. 
Interesting, huh? I, I feel familiar about something else I got like that. You know. So uh, that was uh, that we recorded that song uh, a couple years ago. It's called On the Run. So if you you can find it on YouTube and stuff, but if you look it up, it's way different than that. I arranged that for this show last night. Because wow. uh, uh, one of my guys that was going to be here with me, uh, Josh, the bass player, he uh, he got sick. He's down with uh, down with something. And I was yeah, like, man, you know, because it's, it's a big, fast, like, upbeat mm-hmm. thing, you know? And I was like, well, it's going to be just me. So and I was like, let's let's do something like Cowboy, you know, something to accompany the bourbon in a way. So. <laughs> Dude, you definitely <laughs> took a left turn at Albuquerque there. At the, I was like, what the... <laughs> Where did where do we go? It was awesome. Yeah, it was you. cool, Thank man. You. Very, very, very cool. So I guess the first thing, Scott. Scott T. Smith joining me tonight, hey. man. Welcome. 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 This is just a welcome back. Day. What are you talking this about? Is this is a good day. Episode 126, is. baby. 162. 162. <laughs> we almost. Don't tell nobody I got dyslexia. That's okay. I, I'm the editor. <laughs> okay, okay. I can fix everything. <laughs> I've heard that a few times lately, buddy. You can't fool. All right, man. So we're having a little uh, old Forrester 100 for... Uh, the second week in a row, but this is like the Brad's go-to. So, uh, you know, cheers, Brad. We miss you, buddy. Hundo poof. But hey, cheers. Good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, man. Uh, I guess Deb, take us back to the earliest memories you got. Just kind of tell us about um, the earliest memories of music and and when you knew it was going to be something that you wanted to do and keep in your life. Well. um, it's a it's a weird story. We like weird stories it here. It gets a little weird there, but um, I was uh, I was fortunate enough. I I come from a, a very modest family. Uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but uh, we had a lot of love and hung out together. And uh, there was a big age gap between my siblings and me. Uh, How big? Uh, well, my brother that's closest to me is eleven years older than I. Closest Jeez. to you? Oh, wow. Eleven years older than I. Same story. So, years. like, um, my mom. Yeah, twelve years. Closest. Yeah, closest. My mom had her tubes tied and stuff after Carl was born. She got pregnant with me eleven years later. So, like, Miracle, my parents were definitely like, "What the hell?" They were their youngest was eleven. They were home free. The other two were like seventeen and fifteen. You know that you know on deck babysitters. Sounds but, like uh, a doctor stole your mama's money. Yeah, I did the surgery. I did the surgery for sure. But uh, <laughs> that's wild, man. 11, you're 12, 11. It's in, that just yeah. does something to you. Yeah. I, dude, I've got old kids now, old, uh, but I couldn't imagine starting okay. over that's that after 11 said, years, oh. right? My mom said that all the time. She's like, I must be crazy. I just stopped with one, starting with another. There's, there's not even like, you don't even have old baby clothes or nothing at that time. You know, no. I mean, come on. No, you're you got to start, start fresh. Square one, yeah. You donated all your Cousin's stuff. Cousin's got it already. Yeah. <laughs> Cousin been uh, at it. <laughs> dude, any, anything you have, you got like an old crib in the garage that's so safety uh, uh, unaware that, you know, the safety standards move every year on a baby. That you, you were born so long after your last sibling, they changed the way that Sid's uh, was. It's like, no, it's on yeah. the back. No, it's on the front. <laughs> no, it's on the back. <laughs> Sleep on the front. No, man, diapers are cool. You got to use diapers. Yeah. Well, no, we yeah. use cloth. They, they spend health days. <laughs> wouldn't know that. <laughs> All right, sorry to interrupt. So I know you're good, man. You're Eleven good. years. Uh, Eleven years. So uh, when I was about three or four, my sister married a boy from Southeast Kentucky. Uh, they met at Patoka Lake uh, camping. Uh, his family hunted and fished there quite a bit. Uh, they just crossed paths. But uh, having that age gap, and my parents were like old traditional country stuff. You know, uh, my dad was a huge like uh, Ronnie Millsap. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Conway Twitty. Uh, oh, Conway. My mom was voice, like, man. My mom Hello, was like, darling. Bill Hello. Anderson. <laughs> oh, Whispering Bill Anderson and uh, Loretta Lynn and Dolly, of course. And then I had an uncle that lived with us, and he was all like Marty Robbins and Western cowboy music, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I had uh, my two older brothers, you know, they had very different tastes in music, but uh, my oldest brother, he was into, uh, he was into metal. Uh, you know, like Pantera, Metallica, Megadeth, shit like this that. This is the right era know? to come up in if you wanted yeah. to be metal, man. Yeah, and uh, my huh. other brother, Carl, he was like uh, he was like old school hip-hop, you know, like uh, N.W.A., uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, a lot of Bone uh, Thugs and Harmony yeah. and stuff like that. So where my sister married that boy, his family was all gospel, traditional bluegrass. So I was fortunate enough to have been like, exposed to all this music you yeah know? a ton um, of different little I, I, I feel like you know no matter what music you love to play or what resonates with you to play or what you know listen to or whatever you cheat yourself out if you don't listen because there's so much good music out there oh yeah with today's technology and everything we literally have fucking oh. access to all of it yeah literally all of it all the music that's out there you know um like there's some i don't know if y'all familiar with lucille bogut no She's a she's an artist from the '30s, man, an uh, African American artist, and she does some like it's raunchy. Ooh, oh, I wait, think I've heard. Of my her. girl just played this for me, and it, she calls like, herself all kinds of. Yeah, yeah. dude, she, like, she puts Cardi B to shame. I gotta and, check this out. Oh, she's talking. What? She talking about giving it to you until the sun, till the yeah. cows come home, as her family. Yeah, yeah. till the cows until come the, home, and, the and, the cows and, come and home. it's like every raunchy term you can think of. She throws it in there, and and to the fact that you know. If you look at the whole music in general from that era, you know what I mean? That stuff just wasn't there. And uh, I don't know, that that's like a big statement of like, I think, the art itself. That, you know, it resonates with you. You don't give a shit what the norm is. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you know, the societal standards were all around crazy back then. You know what I mean? The, well, that kind of speaks to what you you're talking about with, you know, not... Uh, being stuck on a genre and having so many influences uh, and also kind of understanding that that all of it at the base is music it, it, it you know it's it's created from nothing which is crazy to me and like you also said to have access to that at the end of our fingertips at any time and be able to get into the library of sound it, it, it's amazing like to think of what you used to have to do to listen to music and I think maybe it's kind of changed the game to where if you love the art form or or, or the audio or an audiophile maybe it's maybe I wonder if that happens as much anymore because maybe sometimes so much access makes it too easy so you don't search maybe you stop giving up the search for the vinyl or for the old you know because I just remember like me and Bryce Wilhite back in the day. I think we closed in RM because of our ridiculousness. You but bring up Bryce. Right Bryce, now? that's my boy. Bring up that's my dude. My that's boy, that's Bryce my dude. Yeah, yeah. Show. Yeah. So shout out to my dude. boy. Yeah, Bryce. <laughs> so we used to work at NRM my senior year of high school uh, together. As a matter of fact, he got me a job. That's the only way I ever got a job. I only got a job with him if I knew somebody that worked there because I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even try any other way. So Bryce and I, I just remember. Anytime we got our hands on something new, which we got our hands on a lot of music, <laughs> uh, being like, feeling like we were in the the the, the know mm-hmm. and understanding what we were listening to and being able to have that catalog of a corporation behind our back to be able to leaf through stuff that we would have never had access to prior to. You're stepping into that world. Yeah, you're in a world that's... that's yeah. 
when you, you go d- all the way in. Some people don't go all the way in. Some people just graze over it. But when you go all the way in, you're in It's like the Deadheads and all the mixtapes, the bootleg mixtapes, you yes, know? Yes. The Deadhead culture, that's how, I don't know if you've ever listened to the pizza tapes. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, Tony, Tony Rice, Rice, Jerry Garcia, Grissom. and uh, David Grisman. Oh, my God. But that was something. That was bootleg, you know? They, mm-hmm. uh, Grisman and Rice were jamming. And Masterpiece, Garcia man. over. And... Uh, Jerry Garcia had a pizza delivered, and the fucking pizza guy swiped the tapes, man. And, <laughs> and, uh, they just kind of circulated, you know, and then it got an official release. But still, I mean, that's just, I don't know, it's like, like you said, dive, it's a rabbit hole, man. You know? It is. And it's so cool, and it's so neat. And, like, that you can just, if you can, if you have the right set of ears, you know, no matter what you're listening to, you can pick it apart and apply it to what you're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And one way or another, um, I don't know, music is a very very broad expression of yeah. art and oneself really I mean, dude you bring up something that that also took me back i remember back in the day and you guys may remember this but it wasn't easy to get your hands on any type of mixtape live recordings yeah. uh bootleg anything you had to absolutely search or know somebody that could make you a taped copy mm-hmm. unless you had a cousin <laughs> well, I had a cousin. I, I My had mom a, would be like, "That stuff's hot, honey. Dude, yeah, put that in there. I'm really taking that home with us. That's, that's, that's I, I had a guy that would hand me a tape and be like, "This is, you know, Pearl Jam '94 Wembley," and I'd be like, "Whoa, man! I just it, it, and now you can literally." Watch a YouTube video of that same performance. It's just so easy. So I don't know, man. I got off on a tangent. I, I'm, I love I'm tangent. yeah, I'm real like I'm. I'm kind of diving deep into what this all is about right now in my life with the music stuff and it's it's uh what it's for yeah yeah what is it what is it about for you do you find yourself getting lost in all of your different uh influences or do you or do you feel yourself chained by the expression you've chosen for your music like uh it being what i heard it felt like i was listening to the steel drivers meets trampled meets you know just like a voice just like the gang vocals all that is just it it felt like a a mix of not just one genre but of like different expressions of how to make music too Uh, i mean and that's i kind of got off on a tangent too uh that was the kind of i was kind of coming around back to it maybe I don't know. Uh, here we I'm are. like, here we are. ADHD, day, man. Hey. Squirrel. Boo, boo, boo. Just one big circle. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. But I got into. Uh, <laughs> I got into my brother's. Uh, my brother had a had a '72 station wagon, souped up. He had a had a big block in it, and like it was a drag race, drag racing thing. He called it the dragon wagon. I think I was five or six years old. And, uh, the dragon wagon. Yeah. You're dragging something, all right. <laughs> the dragon, the dragon I, snuck in, I snuck in the damn thing, and uh, I remember it clear as day. He had like a like a San Francisco 49er zip-up cheap little lunchbox, and it was full of cassette tapes. And um, there was a fucking purple one in there, man, and it was. It was the Insane Clown Posse's Great Malenko. Oh, God. And, <laughs> and I, I became a, a juggalo, and I've been one ever since. <laughs> yeah, ever since. I, had a, I had a little uh, Walkman cassette player that was hand-me-down, you know, uh, and I snuck in my room and put this thing in. What the hell is this, you know? <laughs> But it was, uh, you know, out of everything I'd heard, I'd never heard anything like that. And just the whole, you know, which, you know, some of a lot of their fans get way, way into it, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The whole, the, the whole, like they have, they have a, 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 
an art form and a, and a whatever they do, you know what I mean? It's like their form of expression is oh, like nobody dude. else's. I've seen it. It's so that nuts. was like, that inspired me to start writing. And I would, you know, I, I wrote poetry and I wrote some, you know, little raps back in the day for my little ass, you know. If nice. I could find them now, they probably weren't very good. But, I still remember mine. I wrote uh, a rap they had a They had a song uh, <laughs> on one of their albums that was like an adaptation from an Edgar Allan Poe story, uh, The Telltale Heart. Oh. And, uh, that brought me to, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, and that's where I got into poetry. But, you know, when I got to be a teenager, man, I got real into metal. You know, it goes back to, you know, my oldest Other brother. brother. Yeah, and uh, I started that, cut my teeth playing thrash metal, a lot of Pantera and stuff like that. Played huh? that for, like, a long time. Then took a hiatus uh, from music in general, just, you know, the way life goes. And then uh, I always... Bluegrass, bluegrass had always been around, you know. It mm. always had always been a favorite art form of mine, you know. I always you know, jammed it no matter what was going on. And uh, my nephew, he's which due to the age gap, my sisters. Oh yeah, your nephew's like, like your age, right? Yeah, we, we grew up more like brothers than like uncle and nephew. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. They're super respectful. They're cool. They still call me Uncle Devin and shit. You know nice. what I mean? I'm like you're three years younger than me. So, you know, <laughs> they, they just insist buy me a beer. upon it, but. <laughs> Unk bro and nephew bros. Yeah. Unk bro and nephew bro. My, my uh, one of my nephews, uh, Jake. He was like, "Hey man, check this dude out." And he showed me uh, Childers and Coulter Wall. This is probably in seven, eight years ago now. And that, uh, and that, that got me. Uh, you know, started jamming some Childers tunes and listening to it. And I picked my acoustic guitar back up, and you know, then I dove real deep into bluegrass and you know flat pickers and stuff like that and i was mm. like to me bluegrass and folk is like because you can take any song and like do a cover of any genre of it in bluegrass you know what i mean mm -hmm. and make it work so i mean it, it it hit home for me i found my soul in bluegrass and american roots music because all my different influences you know like that song like it's it's a murder battle, like you said, you know what I mean? It's about literally killing someone. And uh but you know, you can do that or you can just do a song about hanging out and drinking, or you can do a song about going to church, or you can anything, you know, political shit, you know, and you can find a way to adapt that. I could anyways, mm -hmm. you know, through, of course. Through bluegrass music and it's just I don't know. It's um, been very fortunate to have music in my life. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I find that like a lot of people come back to bluegrass and and i don't know if it's because it is a such a root music in this area or this country or what because you know it feels like it's making a resurgence i don't know it's definitely it making it a resurgence and i dude i'm, I'm right there with you i'm I, uh and i don't know that's part of the 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 journey for me is figuring out what what same you know bluegrass can be everything can be written into bluegrass mm -hmm. Any style, anything you write. And, and do you hear, here's my long-winded question. Do you hear when you write, everything is bluegrass, or do you hear it in different ways and then transform it into that? Or do you hear it in different ways and then whatever you have, you just, that's what it is. You don't try to skew it into a form or this is the genre. Because like like Scott said, even what you had in the first thing, it's not necessarily it has a ton of bluegrass influence, but it's got so many different other things in there uh, that it's not necessarily, you know, uh, 
straight bluegrass. It can be considered many things and, and just good music, you know? So uh, do you like write everything towards that angle or just do you write? Um, I usually, the, if I'm, if I'm writing a piece of music, I usually just let it speak for itself. Mm. Um, but I think it just comes with doing it. I'm my own worst critic. So, oh yeah. Like I found what's best for me when I, when I write and I'm most satisfied with it is when it just, it just hits organically, yeah. you know, um, that song on the run, I wrote it, you know, within a span of like two and a half, three days. Cause I just, I hit that playing with those chords, found that vocal melody, you know, and it just, it, it flowed out quickly. Um, when I really sit down and try to write a piece, it, it, I tend to over critique it and get stuck on, you know, one little thing about it and just grind on that and grind on that and grind on that. So what seems to happen is I have, a, I have a huge catalog of like unfinished music songs, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, I'll, if I'm just playing, jamming, practicing, and I'm hitting a bluegrass lick, I'll have like lyrics out in front of me, and I'll find a song that I initially didn't even write to be remotely close to that. But I'm like, hey, I can fit those words with this vocal melody, and then I just, I usually let it flow on its own. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes if I'm like, hey, I want to write a country tune or a bluegrass tune or a folk tune, you know, I'll I'll find you know what's what you would normally play or do if you're gonna mm -hmm. write a song in that genre, but. Most of the time, it's just it flows organically. It comes a comes a lot from jam sessions. I feel like you know it really yeah. helps you. If you're jamming with someone else, uh, get out of a rut. You know what I mean. You yeah. can also feel when you're when you're in that flow state. Yeah. Do you have another song that you wrote in a similar way for us? Oh yeah, let's hear another song. Yeah, like, I'm do you ready. Have, like uh, something yeah. that kind of came out in the two Listen two the day host, span. Man. You know. Look at Something Scott. Keep, yeah. Look at Scott uh, keeping you on, on, uh, on schedule, Neil, over there. Yeah, hey, I got this. Is from my boy was, Brad. Honestly, that's I, perfect. Timing. I've been I've been watching the time. We yeah, look at that. Look at he that. He did his man. show. He did Scott his song. Scott is a natural. Into a, uh, I'll do one I wrote. At, uh, I wrote it really when I when I wasn't even doing music. It was before I really got back into doing music at all. And uh, I was living in Corbin, Kentucky, and I had a little. Uh, fucking bubble shed that i hung out in you know and uh <laughs> i was out there picking and uh hit the you know hit the chords and i wrote it out and it wrote quickly and it just kind of sat around and then when i got the band together we i broke it out and everybody was like they were hot on it so i know all right let's hear it let's it's hear called it. glass by the way it's glass glass it's about the uh the the methamphetamine epidemic in rural white america Never bring you back Leave you all alone with that old monkey 
That's heavy. Yeah, have you heard the song Deep. uh Meth Head by uh Ian No? Ian No? Ian No. I have not. <clears throat> he, I'll check it out. He, he he shares an honest view just like you do, but just a lot more less it, sympathetic to those partaking. He's ooh. the country. He's uh, oh. done tired of really. Oh, I bet he, that's uh, scathing. His, well, he's probably had his copper stolen one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you'll have that. <laughs> only takes once for you to get upset hey. about it. That's all I'm saying. Who needs air conditioning? <laughs> 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 so you grow, you grew up in the country. You live in the country now. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I live like you know where Patoka Lake is. You ever been out that way? No, where is it? Um, exactly, it's Indiana. How, yeah, how far is that from here? It's about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, is it towards Owensboro? Uh, no, it's if uh, so. From here, you would you would go on sixty four west towards St. Louis. Oh, okay. And uh, French Lick. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was trying. To, I was trying to think of like somewhere definitely. That'll do it. Oh sure. yeah. You know where you can. But uh, it's the second uh, second largest uh, man-made lake in Indiana. Okay. And it's it's a huge. It spans like three counties. Oh uh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm like a quarter of a mile from it. Out just surrounded by Hoosiers the National Forest. Nice. All right, yeah. you guys. It is. I enjoy it. Flip to the back of the book for the questions Hit from Brad. Hit me with it. All right. So, this is a, a new, I guess Brad calls it a segment, right? We call it a segment? Segment. This is the new segment of the co- podcast, <laughs> sponsored by Old Forester. All right. I guess not. <laughs> All right. So, three questions, man. Uh, first one What is something non musical? That uh, that that we should know about you. It's um, just... I like to sculpt, man. Like the who? Sculpt. Sculpt. Play. Oh, Play, nice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh? How long you been doing that? Um, I don't know. A couple years. I've kind of my my oldest brother was like. Love the movie Ghost. Yeah, man. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> Sorry. No, I know you're so good. So do you do, do like, where do you Swayze. start from, like, rock ever? Do you start with you whittle? No, clay, I, right? no I use, uh, I use clay. Oh, you have, like, you have like, a kiln? You have, like, an oven and everything? No, I use, uh, I use the cheap oven-baked shit you can use at home. Oh, cool. You know? Oh, there's, oh, there's, there's nice. Woo. I didn't know you, uh, yeah, dude, those are, know that was a I've thing. I've seen some really impressive stuff right. lately. I stole that. your story, man. Tell me about your brother. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, he did, he was, like... He would draw and sketch like wild shit, man. Really? Yeah, he he put like a whole bed sheet on his wall and sketched like this demon ripping out of the wall. And it's just like black and white sketch, but like Ooh. he was really fucking good. But I, I was I tried, I could never really get, you know, drawing down. I could I could do some good drawings, but it took me so long, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd have to take my time and then it was just so time consuming. But I found that I could do some pretty neat shit with clay. Uh my wife is real artsy. Uh she's a great artist. You're one of those, huh? See, man, I'm with you. I I wish I could draw. That's the one I like. I wish yeah, visually. It's, it's badass. I love it. Oh man, the the detail that that someone can put, especially um, like portraits. Portraits blow me away mm-hmm. with the amount of detail that people get uh, out of a portrait these days. It just makes you think you're looking at the real thing, and all of a sudden you're like, "What am I? This is insane." How? It doesn't interpret my at brain. All. My brain does not work like that. So like stick figures. I'm and- like you. Like I mean, it's weird because I play. You know, we both play music, which I guess is a different part of your brain that's maybe more like left brain patterns. I don't know more man. so than like I don't know. It's it's very strange. It's strange. I, yeah, I've got a uh, my youngest kid who's uh, he he he's one of those kids that kind of doesn't do anything, but everything he does. He does it well when he decides that he wants to do it, right? When he decides. So, you know, he's like, okay, I'll start playing football in high school. That kid. Like, I'll just start playing. So Deciding is important. Well, I walked into his room, I don't know, within the last six months or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. And he had this book out, and it was these crazy characters. Just visually unbelievable. I'm like, dude, did you do that? And he's like, yeah. It's like, how? I didn't know you draw. He's like, I don't draw. Like, what are you talking about? It's insane. And he's like, I mean, you know, I just, I looked at this and up. I just did it. And, but his, his, uh, my wife's dad can, is real good. He, he doesn't draw ever, but when he does, he is real good. I don't know if it's just one of those things, but he can see it and do it. I'm going to start, I'm going to try to sculpt. So, 
you decided like I wanted to do something artistic other than play music? Was that the because I still don't know. Like, does your wife uh, sculpt? No, uh, she does. She paints and does uh, drawing. She recently done. We played a. Uh, uh, was two weeks ago, two weekends ago at Max Hideaway, in New Albany. We did okay. a St. Patty's Day thing that Saturday. <laughs> nice. And she drew like the poster art for it, and it was like 1920s rubber hose style, you know. All right. And it was it was fucking. Killing I want to see a picture of that after yeah. the, after the podcast. Sure. That's cool. You tell me you can't just pull it up. Like you know, you can't just blow it up on the on the imaginary screen. Every time, every time, like I'm supposed to be the, I'm like the guy over here off camera, but I never can Google anything because my phone is recording video on this. I feel like the next time I come, there's gonna be a huge monitor. There's gonna be like cross cross checking, cross referencing. I guess I could use my laptop. I could minimize the camera for a minute and start using my laptop. There's always room from look up facts. Hey man, don't you touch a thing over. There, yeah, I was gonna say, don't you do it today? But that's gonna be a co host studio, okay? So, Scott has his phone, so the new co host studio is you have to fact check everything. All right, so <laughs> everybody answers that in the worst way. I mean, not really the worst, it's just kind of like normal. That's a really good one that you actually sculpt and do something that's cool awesome. yeah. as a non music. Everybody's like, Well, most of you supposed to do music. It's like, dude, you're not that. Sh- you give me, there are, give, give me, me something. something, give me some. I play kickball on Saturdays, that'd be cool, you know, but yeah. sculpting that's awesome. All right, so uh, tell us about a, a nightmare gig or an embarrassing thing that happened to you on stage. Um, so I did a uh, I did an open mic night in Louisville one night. Where at? Dio uh, Rios. Okay. Bartstown Road. Yeah. Yeah. It was one. Of, it. it was one of Katie did. Katie did it. Say shout out and uh, Katie. Get her uh, last Tuesdays done, at the Monarch these days. So. I, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd finished my set, and uh, I was kind of bullshitting, and uh, I had my guitar behind where everybody was performing. It was outside on the patio. And uh, <laughs> I went to leave, and I picked my fucking guitar case up, man. I didn't have it latched. <gasps> oh! And, like, my guitar just, like, spun out and, like, went face down. Bam! And it was like... Uh, uh. It was a Garrison guitar, and they're they're made in Canada. This is a really good guitar. It was a Dreadnought style, big body, you know. Ouch! And uh, that motherfucker fell loud. Boom! Like busted a hole in the top of it, man. It had to be oh. retired after that because it would, it literally would have cost more to fix it with my luthier than oh. it would have been worth. But like, and like they they stopped their performance, and everybody was like me and i was just sitting there with crying a, with an open case i might as well had my fucking wang out in front of everybody <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather i'd yeah. rather have my wang out in front of everybody holy crap uh, dude oh, that's actually probably a good thing because you can get me too and that wouldn't yeah, be good well, so it's, it's probably better as a guitar listen, but I'm, that happens to the best of them i have one of those Ooh, uh, tell one us. of those cases that you wear as a backpack one of the, the flight go cases it's like it's soft but it's it, it can it's flown international let me tell you, it's gotten checked. <laughs> it's gotten checked before my heart dropped. I'll never forget. <laughs> um, but it's it it stood up to what it said it could do. And uh, and you know you go to throw it on your back, and I look behind me, and half the guitar is hanging out. It's uh. like cliffhanger. It's, it's hanging <laughs> on by the, <laughs> by the by the tuning. And this is and your like main guitar, oh, right? My your Gibson. It's a Gibson, and it just, right? And it just, yep, and it just uh, levered itself. It was just hanging on. 
for dear life, and I just somebody somebody noticed before I did. No, it man. happens to the best of us. I've uh, I've got the scariest guitar story. Do y'all like? Do y'all see stuff that didn't happen in your head? Oh, for sure. And then like make it terrible. Mm-hmm. All right, I do that. <laughs> That's called so, anxiety, I think. Man. All right, I got, I, I got, I got the shit out of that. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I trip on shit that don't happen. So I was, uh, hey, I have I, it too. If it makes you feel better, I, it does actually. Let's freak oh, no. out together. Hey, after this podcast, let's just look at each other, and freak out. So I was, uh, nice catch. I was driving. I had a truck. Uh, oh. Uh, Ford F-150 had big tires on it. And I had to get, I was taking my guitar to work. I believe work. And I never take my shit to work. But it's a it's a crazy expensive custom Martin, Johnny Lang signature series. And uh, I hadn't had it long at all. And I put it in the case and take it out to the truck. And I get in the truck and I put my truck in reverse. And I, I'm on the, where I parked this time, there was a little, it's on this little slope, the only slope in my driveway. And I put it in reverse and I start going, I'm just sliding. I'm like, what the, f- what is that? So I put it in park and I get out and I had ran over my case right on the edge of it, but it didn't run over. It slid down that hill because I was on that slope. So the guitar was untouched, but I freaked out. You knew it was fucking busted. I was, busted di- to I was shit. like, dude, this guitar is done. I'm done. I'm gonna. I'm calling in for the rest of the week because I'm gonna be <laughs> sick. I'm, I don't know, like, what I'm gonna do because this thing. So, fortunately, the case busted. I had to duct tape the case all, but the Brand guitar new. was. Well, fine. Your first guitar did fall and break, right? Yeah, I broke that neck and then. Yeah, I, oh I my god! I'm not even gonna talk about. It. I can't even bring yeah, it that's up. That's not crap. I can't even bring up my story. I tell you right now. But anyway, we all feel you. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> We've all busted a damn guitar it. that meant a lot to I'm us. I'm thinking <laughs> other ones right now. I'm thinking. Oh, dude, I got bad ones. Yeah, all right, my very listen. first electric man was like got some fucking bad ones. It's not even like playable right now. Uh-huh. I know I was, like, I was 14 and lied on application at a local pub to get a job to wash dishes and cook and shit. And I turned out to be all right at it. So he was like, you know what? I can't hire you because you're too young, but I'll pay you under the table until you can. Because I was going to be 15 in like two months, you know. And uh, he like, paid me under the table and I saved up and I got a, a Dean Razorback. Nice. And uh, played the shadow of it, man. But it's just like, it's it's got like a lag bolt uh-huh. on the back. It don't have like mm-hmm. the original screw or anything. There's chunks missing out of it because you know we would play like basement metal shows, like come on, metal shows. in the bottom of the church. You know? And I was like, I don't know, I was I was a bit wild in my younger days. You know, I was always really drawn to and into the drug culture. So you know, we would get you know um, way way too wild on way too many things. You know, and just beat the hell out of it and my strap would break and drop you know and i would i would do the thing where you throw it around your neck and catch it and sometimes the straps gave you know <laughs> i'm just thinking about the person in the in the like the the second row <laughs> oh, there's, there's, you know it's got it's got some red blood stains on it here and there it's oh, for me and people it's like it's the old battle axe i want to get it up and running again one day but hey That's we know wild. a guy we do we know, know a guy. guy he'll be up yeah. later actually all right so number three who is the last local artist you listen to? And local is regional in this case, because yeah. you you regional. You got here by highways. <laughs> regional. So the, does uh, 
Western Kentucky County. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And, uh, Peyton Bowling dropped an album oh. called Blue. Yeah, dude. And uh, as far as like local artists go, I I, I jam that a lot. Uh, Blood and Cigarette Jesus. Blood might be my favorite Peyton song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's cool because you know I I know him personally, so it's it's really neat to see like the whole progression and development of things. You know when yeah you know sometimes he's hanging out at my house and he comes up with these licks or the lyrics or lines or whatever he's got going on, and then I see it the whole thing, and then I don't know it's mm-hmm. it's, it's fucking neat. yeah vocally man that uh that album's I'm glad it captured Peyton yeah. Yeah, Which that's was a awesome. shout out to uh, to Doug Onstott. That's uh, our single "On the Run" was produced by the same guy. Okay, uh, same guy that did uh, "Blue" with Peyton. Uh, he's he's a meticulous motherfucker when it comes. That's what you want, man. You for want those to, uh, listening, uh, and for me too, just to make sure I'm I'm tracking here. Peyton is one of the other voices you'll hear in some of those gang vocals with the uh, the most recent album, right? Yeah, with yeah the, the Possum Junction. The Possum Junction. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can hear him for On the Run. He yeah. Does, uh, he does gang vocals and uh, Dobro. And then we did a, a live album at Radio Artifact in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. And uh, he went up there and did that with us. Nice. It's kind of like between Peyton Bowling and Possum Junction, you know, it's kind of like a collective unit, you know. Okay. Uh, a lot of times we get booked for these four-hour shows, you know, and that's fucking grindy. So I'll call up Peyton, and uh, I have another uh, awesome young lady that I'm fortunate enough to play music with, Sam Roark. Uh, she in Nashville. She recently moved back to Kentucky, but we'll all kind of get together and just split gigs and like learn each other's music and jam on it. So awesome. Peyton's got. I think uh, he's working on a folk EP. So, really? Yeah, and it was cool. I got I got to go do some guitar work on that. Okay. So, Right on, man. Yeah, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing that because he's he's a huge John Prine guy, and his his raw raw just that's it, my favorite shit from Peyton. It'd be interesting to hear, man, because that's yeah. another lane that you know uh, I haven't heard his. So that'd be cool. Speaking of, you got another one? Yeah, I got another one. All right, flash a little something, man. This one, ironically enough, is uh, on the recording for Radio Artifact. Okay, it's uh, my harmonica player myself. And Peyton, so Patrick, me, and Peyton, we uh, we all wrote a verse individually on this, sang it. So you hear Peyton on this track if you look up the radio artifact. Awesome, cool. Excuses 
just getting tired of the way I am. Too. <laughs> no telling on yourself. Yeah, no kidding, man. No, <laughs> nobody knows. What was the name of that one more time? Uh, the way I am. Way I, I am. am. Uh, Patrick Van Winkle wrote the first verse. I took the second, and Peyton wrote the third. Right on, man. So, how do? You, uh, what does your writing process look like these days? Are you continuously writing? Um. Honestly, like I said earlier, when I, when I write a song, it typically just something. Whether we're in a, it seems to just whenever we're in a jam session or by myself, it it just happens, you know. Mm -hmm. A song happens in that moment, and then we carry on with it and work on it till it's done. So, so did that one happen like that with that with you all, but all writing a verse? Was it uh kind of like go your separate ways, write a verse, come back, bring it together? Or did you um, all have something kind of that worked? Patrick sent it to me on a video, so he it's it's different on the recording again. You know, okay. once again, I try to uh, I try to make arrangements to where it was better with just me. You know, right. yeah. Um. I typically play banjo on that piece. Um, it's just, honestly, the original one's just two chords. Yeah. You know, back and forth. But uh, Patrick sent me a video of him playing it on guitar and the little lick in that first verse. And uh, I went over to his house and I was like, that's a fucking banger, man. I like that. And uh, I wrote a second verse and then Peyton came up, you know, uh, just to hang out and jam, you know party over the weekend or whatever and we showed it to him and he's like that's fucking badass and he wrote uh the third verse there and then we just kind of 
arranged it a little bit, and uh, there it went, man. Like, it's a pretty organic deal, it seemed like. Yeah, right yeah. on. But typically these days, I find myself not so much just trying to write music. Um, but I'm constantly, I, I haven't showcased it a lot here, but because uh, I feel like, you know, there's a time and place for everything. And uh, you'd rather, you should, it's better to play comfortably. Mm -hmm. uh, a comfortable note always sounds better than a forced note. Sure. I think. But I'm constantly working on my, 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 my playing and craft and understanding of music theory and knowledge and mm. all that. You know, I, I sit out in my little area. I've got a desk out in the garage and I'm constantly running over licks and learning those old, you know, fiddle tunes like mm -hmm. Billy in the Low Ground. Oh, yeah. Beaumont Rag, shit like that. Oh, know? yeah, man. Just constantly running over it over and over again until it becomes like second nature muscle memory love it if you want to do like doc watts and billy strings type shit that's what it takes you know oh it's, yeah it's the time on the fretboard you got to spend that time on the fret 100 mm -hmm. you got it, it, i have a neil knows that yeah well my kid recently my youngest who's always around uh he's like i was playing i think i was playing beaumont and he uh he said man i used to hate that song i used to listen to you play that so many times over, 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 over again. He's like, I like it now, though. Cause I actually, can, I can actually pull it off now. So yeah. mm -hmm. he digs it. But he, he actually, it's, it's nice that he recognized that for me because he, he, he plays the baritone sax and he's really, really has a great ear and is super talented. But it's nothing he spends time in. So for him to see me work to get something and then acknowledge it and understand that it took those. Like you said, time on the fretboard, dude. Yeah, man. Especially when it comes to fiddle tunes and things like that. It just boils down to over, 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 repeat, repeat. It's, it's, it, you have to love it. But it bothers us, ear players. It bothers us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, and because, like, that's, that's everything that you need. Mm -hmm. But your ear is constantly telling you that what you can do at that exact moment ain't it yeah so stop 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 well and it's you do you have to like as an ear player somebody who literally has just survived to this point because of my ear that like it it is it is one of the things i'm proudest of saying is like i'm finally at 30 training myself to be able to like spend time on the fretboard yeah yeah but, but I, i'm very very similar I, I think i probably took about six months total of lessons when i was 14 and everything else has been based on ear and, and then having like i said i didn't i didn't learn the stuff i'm playing now like the real fiddle toony stuff until i broke my foot and was forced yeah. to sit i appreciate and that story it's I true i mean yeah. it's like dude there was a time where where and this is the last during COVID, uh the the first wave of i guess 2020 uh which i'm a mailman so i broke my foot and i had to sit now i don't sit i never sit yeah. uh if I do, I fall asleep. So I just try to keep moving. So I, you know, I, I had to was, would wake up and limp my ass into our dining room and watch or listen to like Billy Strings or listen to Doc Watson was my go-to of learning. What am I supposed to be? This makes no sense to me to listen to because it's crazy. But if you listen enough and you start, everything boxes itself out. But on all of that, on all of that, I, Victor Wooten is somebody is like a go-to for me for the thing about Victor Wooten though. If you don't know Victor Wooten, he's a bass player. Uh, oh, I know. Victor he's the Wooten. baddest man in the history of the game. Flag, Insane. Future Man, unreal. all those guys. 
he breaks it down better than anybody, man. And he is like a teacher. He always does these, these, uh, like classes and stuff or whatever, but workshops he, and shit. workshops and the latest one I've seen, you know what he did? He went boom, 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 boom. Everybody freaked out. Everybody in the class, all these bass players, you know, they're all bass players. Mm-hmm. They were like, whoa. And he went, yeah. The simplest thing that I've done all night is what you all gravitate towards. You've got to understand that all this other shit, this is just people can't feel you. You you want them to listen to, you want them to feel the music. Keep it simple. Don't make it so like that's what kinda is A lot is, of that it's like it's like it's for players. Yeah. Like jazz, I don't I appreciate players that play jazz, but it doesn't translate in my soul. Like other music because it's, it's just, just fucking it's so wild. Like Tony Tony Rice, man, I love Tony. He does a lot of jazz shit. He does a ton of jazz shit. You know, and if you're not like, if you're not really hip on it or into it, you mm-hmm. know, especially how he can integrate it into bluegrass, yeah, and flat picking, you kind of like you know. And that's super. You know, that's almost. Uh, he had a jazz player's mentality though. So yeah. it, it, the, the my appreciation for like Victor saying that is Victor can do everything. There's yeah. nothing he can't do. On 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 a bass and and just he can freak you out with his talent. So for him to to break it down like that and say, look, it isn't about playing all the notes. It's about feel. It's about playing the yeah. right notes. Have people lean in. Have people feel what you're doing. And I think that like when you get around musicians, when you get around oh, yeah. other players, you there's a part of you that wants you wants to go look at all the shit I can do. Oh, look, for sure. You know, sure. I look at this little note and look at I this. I watch it happen. In, in rooms, like I'll go to those jams you, you were talking about, go to an open mic or go to a, go to something that's not as familiar to a lot of people but becoming more predominant. I feel like, again, it's not just the typical folk music that's coming back. There's a lot of song circles. Like for anybody listening that's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I didn't know any of this. Like I, I, I was one of those people that like bluegrass was not forced upon me. I sought bluegrass out. Mm-hmm. I was like getting turned away at the song circles at bluegrass competitions and whatnot. And then they realized because I just was like leaning on the tree, they're like, this guy's not going anywhere. <laughs> you He's know, staying. He wants maybe, to. Maybe he needs to come over here, you know, and it's for me it's um it's this question of like we we have gotten to the point where everything on the internet feels like it's starting to corner itself off. Mm. It's almost like uh when you think about the last land grab, you know, with the United States and everything and it's like Everybody was running around, putting their stakes in the ground, saying it was theirs. And it's like, the internet's starting to almost feel boxed off these days. And so, like, whenever you go find something, like, let's talk about Jacob Collier. You know, I listened to his most recent post, and it's him with about 30,000 people, like 20,000 people. And he's got all of them sectioned off with a note. Everybody in this big old arena got everybody with their notes and he makes a like a gothic choir out of that's awesome and he just like and i was watching that going the only reason this is possible is because everybody that came to your show is a freak they're a freak (laughs) of nature it's like going to a Corey wong show like wolfpack i love that stuff i love to put it on and dance but man like when you get in that room and you realize you're like everybody in here is on like mm-hmm. they all came for the for the math. Yeah, for the math. That's <laughs> they came it. for the math. They, they, you know. Yeah, and like, there what? is a pe- there are people for those people, but it, it is yeah. a 
it is like you said those are the those are the players those are the people that that yeah. that dive deep like to, into Tony Rice and understand what he's doing and yeah. and so the theory and all that is great to be to to like educate yourself and in, in, in learning that stuff. Well, like but, I said earlier, you know, there's a time and a place for it. I yes. feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I know one of the, one of the first things I was told when I first got into music when I was 15 or so. Simplicity is not stupidity. Ah, uh, you know, that's dig it. bingo. And I'm sorry. I've told the story on this podcast before. I'm going to keep it real quick. Cause we're, we're getting short on time, but one of my good friends went to art school at Murray with a famous artist, LA's, Murray State. He took four, three years of art school. They started with line drawing. They learned all these skills. Senior year, he walks into class. Dele says, okay, everything you learned, throw it out the window. We're going back to line drawing. All we're going to do is line drawing your last year of art school. And everybody's like, what? And so he called it construct, deconstruct, construct. Basically, you push yourself. You push your limits. You learn different skills. You go back to basics. That's all you need. You keep it simple, and you're that much better after you've pushed yourself, and that's all you need. And that applies to a lot of things in life, not just music, but you think of some of the best songwriters keep things so simple, and you don't, like you're saying, you can play like that crazy solos when every now and then when you need to, a crowd that appreciates it, but 95% of the time you don't need that. You just stick to basics. That's all you need. You perfect those basic skills, and yeah. you're golden. And in life, in general, I think that's a good principle to live by. Like I was like, whoa, that was that really resonated with me. A lot of things in life, especially music. Yeah, yeah. You could almost call it a simplicity when it comes to like uh, performance. Yeah, you could you could translate in in performer. I think simplicity equals authenticity. Mm. Would you play me something authentic on that banjo? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, <laughs> before it. before we go, man, tell us where everybody can reach you. What's what's Jeez. up next for you before you, you play that last one? Where are you hanging out? I want to know. Um, go to the Possum Junction Facebook page. Uh, there's another <laughs> Possum Junction. Uh, oh, Possum Junction they? Band. What? Yeah, you find that there's a. There's hey, man, a, screw those guys. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying, now. bro. It's been. Uh, <laughs> is it like? Is it, it's been a thing. You know what I mean? They. Uh, <laughs> We've we all meet in Corbin. We've messaged. We've, no, me- yeah, we've yeah, messaged. I messaged them because I found them. You know what I mean? And they're just they're just uh, they're like a they're like it's like part time shit they do for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just they like cover band shit and uh, but you'll you'll find us if you look up the Possum Junction Band on Facebook. We have a. Uh, awesome gentleman by the name of gene moore that did our logo um it's a wild hillbilly looking possum he's got uh some he's got a little square of weird paper on his tongue so, what's that uh, oh my bad uh, <laughs> you're a mailman you know about stamps <laughs> don't fuck with me now come on sunshine stamp uh what's the possum's name before we go i gotta know my girl every possum she sees is called butters butters <laughs> would you guys got a name for your possum or is it just a possum um it's just the possum. Guess what? It's butters, it's butters. It's butters. butters the possum, butters, bro. Yeah, it's butters. Yeah. Butter in up. my heart, in my heart, it's butters. All right, butters. <laughs> it is, man. Yeah, I'll pick a little banjo piece. Um, it's a little short little instrumental thing I wrote for my wife. Um, awesome. It's it's called Timber. Uh, her name is also Timber. So that was the inspiration for the title of it. Awesome. Man.
Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. Hey, man, thank you for coming on the pod. We appreciate it. It was awesome. Can't wait to see what you do in Moving forward. Nice. I'll be looking out for you. Thank and you guys Butters so much. And the rest Check it out. Uh, Possum Junction. We're playing this Saturday. Whereabouts? April Fools. And uh, it's in. I don't know. It would be. Would it be Leavenworth. Or it's a, the Happy Hives, Buzz and Suds, and Bad Axes. All right. And uh, Indiana. That is a name. And then uh, it is a name. April twenty second. Uh, Peyton and I will be doing a duo set at Losers Eight One Two for Thunder okay. Over Louisville. Oh, sweet! They're doing a uh, rotation thing, uh, like kind of like a Nashville bar style. Uh-huh. So you can catch me and Peyton there, April thirtieth, I believe. We're at the Fuzzy Pig Music Festival in Milltown, Indiana. Awesome! Um, well, I saw that. Th- yeah, Doom, Doomgong's playing that festival too. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, so there's like there's like three days of it. Yeah, we're the new guys on the block, so it's the first year they're doing Sunday. So they threw us on Sunday. So sweet. hopefully, hopefully people hang out, you know, but. We'll we'll go kill it, and they'll invite us back for a better slot next year. So awesome, man! Thank you guys so much for having us out. Oh man, thank you. We're looking and forward to seeing you guys. It's been my pleasure, man. Right, awesome. man. Appreciate it.